You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at JustPainZach on all of the social meds. I've got really funny Instagram stories, um, usually of my neighbors, my Ubers, and me dancing in the shower. Gets a little thirsty sometimes, I promise. I try to keep it funny, but occasionally I'll, ha- I'll be feeling myself on a good day. If you want to keep up with the show, be sure to follow at No Filter with Zach. We break like, you know, some good news. We post some funny memes, mostly cameos. I'm obsessed with cameos. And so we like to make little memes out of them. And it's always a good time. So go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach. <sighs> I'm excited to have my my today's guest back on the show today because I had such a blast with her last time. And we always have the funnest Instagram lives. And I just feel like her Instagram account is just so popping that everyone needs to follow it. Because every time I see her content, I'm like, oh, yeah. So please welcome the voice behind Oh No Bravo, Miss Chelsea. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. How you doing? I am, you know, hanging in there, kind of like everybody else. How about you? I'm today. I'm alive, and that I'm grateful to be alive. <laughs> That's a good attitude to have. So, your Instagram account—you've been doing all of these lives, and you have just such funny content. I love the little Instagram series, like, um, like the little the the content that you do on the the stories, because you have like these fun little segments. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like I've found my people on Instagram and I'm so glad you're another one. Like, I feel like I have all these internet friends that are becoming real life friends and I'm super excited to have you come back on my Instagram live next week. Yay. What day are we doing it for everybody? Um, Sunday, next Sunday. So the 30th, right? I don't know what the, the 30th. Yep. So it'll be 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We got to figure out what show we're going to be covering or if we'll kind of touch on them all. But I definitely want to hear your takes about about it all. What? Yes. And then that, that's at no, oh, no, bravo. That's the, your account, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, at Ono oh, oh, Bravo. At Ono oh, Bravo. Tune in this Sunday, the 30th. You're going to want to get ready because we're going to have lots of hot opinions on everything. I know I always got hot opinions on everything. <laughs> I think that we actually, um, I know we're going to get into it, but I think we're on different uh, different teams on some franchises. Oh. So we might, it might come to blows. What? Okay, so <laughs> we have Potomac, New York, and Beverly Hills happening right now. Where do you, where would you rank them? If those were, since those are the only three Housewife shows we have on, what's number one, what's number two, and what's at the bottom for you? So I think that I am one of the few that I actually am quite liking the quarantine lineup. Like I think that they're all doing their own thing. They're giving me different things, which I like. But I would say um, I actually think Potomac kind of came out swinging. I don't know if it's just the newness of it, but I I would rank that number one right now. Really? Number two, a close number two would be New York for me. And then three is Beverly Hills. But I still like everybody keeps saying it's been a bad season, but we like can't stop talking about it and i think that's an indication that it's actually a really good season all right hold up wait a minute i want to talk to you about dry farm wines which is my favorite hangover free wine Yes, that's right. I said it. Hangover free wine because it doesn't have any additives. It doesn't have any dyes. It doesn't have added sugar. None of that junk. It's good, clean wine. All right. And it's shipped straight to your door. So you don't even have to worry about going to the market because if you're afraid about getting all the germs at the market, you're like, no, 
You can have it sent straight to your door. Dryfarmwines.com slash Zach, Z-A-C-K. Clean wine, hangover free wine, no additives, no junk. They have reds, they have whites, they have uh, rosés, they even have an orange wine. I don't know if it's still available right now, but that orange wine is something new and you're going to want to try it. So go check out dryfarmwines.com slash Zach, Z-A-C-K, and get that hangover free wine so you can drink tonight and not hurt tomorrow. Okay, go. You know, it's interesting talking about Beverly Hills. Teddy Mellencamp shared something on her stories the other day, and it basically was a repost of a comment that somebody left on one of her um, photos that said, um, what did it? it said something like, everybody keeps hating on Teddy and saying Teddy needs to be fired, yet Teddy's the only one they talk about the most on online. So she's like, it sounds like she's secured herself a diamond for next season. I don't know if she's getting a diamond next season. I feel like she's definitely like reached her run on the show. Um, But I mean, props to her for being proud that she's like the most talked about on the show. Um, but it's people are vicious about Teddy. Like, I mean, I I'm kind of a Teddy apologist because I don't think she's like the worst housewife that's ever existed. The way a lot of the internet seems to feel, but Same. people go like hard for her online. I agree. I don't understand where it comes from necessarily because I feel like there have been worse housewives that like we should have hated more. But like for some reason, like I just feel like Teddy's so boring. That like, uh, like, how can you like hate her so much when she doesn't, I mean, and if anything, you have to kind of give her some props. I know people hated Puppygate and I know people hate, um, you know, this, uh, this Brandy Denise affair storyline this season because they feel like it's like, you know, mean girls. But I feel like Teddy's the one that kind of stirred the pot last season and this season that like if we didn't have it there wouldn't be much drama like you look at the season before that where the drama was Kyle and Dorit fighting over Lisa Vanderpump's attention and that was like one of the most boring seasons ever because there was no real drama or any real storyline or anything that like you kind of have to give Teddy a little bit of credit for at least you know bringing up Puppygate to LVP because that was something that we all tuned in to watch and now we're all watching to see the girl's reaction to the Brandy and Denise affair. I totally agree. And I think it, with Teddy, like, she just can't win. I do have to say, she always goes about a situation exactly wrong. Like, yeah. however she approaches it, it's always like, oh, Teddy. Like, Teddy, no. But, like, people call her boring. And then when she really is the one that dropped the bomb on the table about Denise and Brandy, everybody's like, that's so messy. And it's like, well, what do you want from Teddy Joe? Like, she really can't win with the audience do you want her to be messy do you want her to bring drama do you want her to be entertaining do you want her to be boring like I don't think people know what they want from her I think yeah I completely agree and I have to say I like her pink hair I don't I do know too. if I've just been in like quarantine for too long and I just like don't have any taste but I think it looks cute so I think I think yeah. it looks cute I think it looks like her blonde hair was basic but like I like the pink hair. I like that we didn't see it like that really hot pink because normally when you bleach your hair a a color, it has to be because I know because I did it last summer where I went purple. My hair colors convinced me that it would be fun to go purple for summer. And she didn't warn me that you have to go like extreme bright color before it fades to that like nice little color. So my hair was like bright purple. I'm actually thinking of playing around with it again just because like we're in quarantine and I'm bored but yeah it totally should I love the pink hair on her if I had to rate my three the three housewives I think 
and this is a hot take, I think I would put Beverly Hills at number one. Wow. New York at number two and Potomac at number three. And it's not because Potomac's bad at all, but I'm just a new subscriber. I never watched Potomac prior to this season. And this is a good season. Um, but to me, it's just personally so new that I haven't fully invested in the women or the storylines just yet. And I haven't seen any of the older um, seasons because okay. I have yeah. YouTube TV and YouTube didn't have the prior seasons uploaded. So all I got to see was like a recap special that Bravo did where it kind of caught us up to date with everything. So I loosely know the storylines. And I remember the Ashley Darby scandal from last year and reading about that and reporting it on the show. But um, I like Potomac and I think it's good. And Beverly or sorry, New York, I don't love this season. But because I just have a loyalty to it, I have to put it at number two. That's kind of that's kind of how how it ended up with my number two as well. I love that we just casually have the exact opposite ranking, which right. like I mean I think that, but I think that does speak to like each franchise is bringing something different to the table. It really is like comparing apples to oranges. And speaking of apples with New York, I totally agree that this season we're just so missing that voice of reason. I think on the cast that it's really spiraled out of control. Somebody in my DM said that it was. Um, the women are like on spring break without a chaperone and it's just like girls gone wild. And like after a certain point, it's like, okay, this isn't really fun to watch anymore. It's kind of like concerning to watch sometimes. Yeah. I would equate it to a season long, never before seen footage. Like when they have that one special at the end of the season where it's a lot of just these random clips that are kind of fun, but like they don't really have anything that ties them together. That's what this season feels like. Like we're just girls gone wild and it's just these random little trips here and there. Like I would understand this season if it were a quarantine season where we're restricted with what we can do and what we can tape and where we can go. I would get that, but this was taped pre-quarantine to where it's like, it's just a bunch of like meaningless footage where they're just drunk together on trips. And like, there's no heart, there's no storyline. Like you said, there's no voice of reason. Yeah. There's not really like any overarching conflict because one thing I've always loved about New York is that they do keep it moving. They like, you know, they get over fights quickly, but it's almost like they're getting over it too quickly now where there's not any buildup or like resolution. It just is like, okay, well, there was this little drunken fight, but now it's the next morning and we're fine. And now we're going to have a new drunken fight and then we're going to be fine. I think the main storyline has been Ramona Singer's bowel journey, honestly. (laughs) That's so true. It's so funny. She's been a hot mess. The other thing that I think has made New York a little lackluster for me is we've seen these women do the same thing for so long. We've seen Ramona be a terrible person to the wait staff. We've seen Sonia get blackout drunk and, you know, dance on the table. We've seen um, Luann have this like holier than thou kind of, you know, whatever. We've seen Dorinda be angry and in your face and drunk. You know, I think Lee is the only thing that's new, but even that, even in the one season that we've had her, she's become very one note where she's just drunk and rah and she's the tough girl. And like, there's no depth to any of the women. And with the OGs, they've seen, we've watched them do this for 12 seasons now that like, it doesn't feel new. Yeah, it was interesting. So I know you just had Moni with mixing with Moni on and mm-hmm. I went on her podcast and we were talking about this like 
how the viewers, we can kind of get attached to our OGs and it, it ends up doing us a disservice because at, at some point we know their story. We know their home life. And I would really like to see a phase out of the OGs where after a certain period of time, they kind of transition to a friend of where they're still on all the cast trips. They're still in the mix, but we don't have to have those at home scenes anymore. And then that leaves more room for new stories to be told. Cause I think that's what we're seeing on New York is there are so many OGs that it, it really is like, okay, it's kind of Groundhog's Day. Like we've seen these stories before. I think the issue with that though, is it becomes a situation that we've seen with like Real Housewives of OC or even New Jersey, where they offer Vicky and Tamara a part-time role, or they offer Caroline Manzo a chance to come back on the show in a part-time role. And they don't want to do that. The ego is too big. They feel too important. I think if they would kind of check their pride at the door and and do it more like on their own accord, be like, no, this is my decision to come in, be part of it to like make an appearance, but I don't need my storyline to be featured on. Like at some point you want to be a Bethany and you want to be like, I'm done with this. I want to move on with my life. Maybe I'll make a cameo and it'll be cute. But like, other than that, I don't need this to be my life anymore. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. The ego gets in the way a hundred percent because really if they were smart about it, they would think about it and say, Hey, I'll actually be shown probably more likable without showing, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that I can show up to a party and say funny little quips and like maybe getting a talking head and call it a day and keep it cute. But of course the OGs think it's like their show. Yeah. Cause they built it and all of that stuff. It, it really just becomes ego because I think the whole housewives culture has made them into like these bigger celebrities in their head that they think where they have a whole Bravo yeah. gone. Um, <laughs> but it's also interesting because we see like Kim Richards and Brandy Glanville. And I feel like Kim Richards probably deserves a lot more service than she's gotten because she's come back in that part-time capacity for the past several seasons. And she's even then consistently been dragged into the drama without getting the whole paycheck, which I think is unfair. And even Brandy's kind of seen some of that where she wasn't technically an OG, but she came in in season two and like really carried the show. And I think was one of the ones that grew to fame the most because she had her book. It became an instant bestseller where like Kyle had a book and it totally flopped. Brandy went on to do Celebrity Apprentice. She went on to like have all these other business ventures that she's really had a serious fall from grace. Um, But she still kind of fits into an OG-ish, not fully. She's not a Lisa Vanderpump or a Kyle, but um, I find it interesting that she has come back but has not done herself any favors. Yeah. So Kim is a perfect example of, I actually was never, like I know a lot of people were like OG Kim stands. I always just found it like it was just too dark for me when she was on originally because she had so much going on. But this like lighter, happy, sober Kim is so enjoyable to watch. Like I actually find I'm finding Kyle to be just like terrible to watch this season. But Kyle is the most likable when she's with Kim. Like that one episode that they went and and Kim got her like went under surgery and Kyle was like, I don't think she's ready to go home yet. Like that was the most likable Kim or Kyle has been. And so Kim has that where like her being a friend of role has really like reinvigorated like my interest in her, I think. Whereas on the flip side of that, I think you're right. Like I wish that if Brandy was going to be in this much drama this season, they would have just made her a full-time housewife because it just seems strange that she doesn't, she's in the story. She is the story and she doesn't really have the full opportunity to 
tell her side. And I think that that's where some of the, the pushback has been that it might seem like scripted or staged. But if she was a real housewife, it would have been an organic scene because she would have been filming anyway. Does that make yeah. sense? I agree. So I take it you're team Denise. So I am team, I believe Brandy, yeah. but I'm still on Denise's side. And I un- I get that and I understand that. And I think I'm kind of on that same boat now only because I feel like, see, I'm torn because I want to be team Denise because I don't feel like what Brandy did was fair. And I feel like it was kind of mean. Um, but I also don't think Brandy did it with the intention of like trying to stir up as much drama as she did. I think the producers knew it, exploited it, brought her on the show, and then the other women just kind of continued to run with it. And she was kind of like, because we know her as just somebody that just like says things without thinking them through. That's when people are saying that like, oh, this is part of her big takedown for Denise. I'm like, Brandy's not that smart. Like, I don't mean to say that because that sounds mean, but like Brandy's not smart enough to think that through for it to think that she was going to be this part of the show um I think she wanted to be but I don't think this is how she wanted to be because I think this is really where she shot herself in the foot and I don't think they'll bring her back moving forward I agree they should have brought her back in a full-time capacity though yeah I don't think they're going to bring her back after this season especially with like the viewers response to her I think like I think that there are certain people people love to watch because they love to hate and I don't necessarily think she's even at that point where people are loving to hate her right now I think I, my issue, so I I believe something happened. I don't think anybody, it's funny. It's like, I don't think there's any discord on the internet of like, if it did or didn't happen. Like, well, I think we're all in agreement. No, well, some, there are a lot of people that really are not, because I've been really hardcore team Brandy and I've oh, done wow. like a deep dive on the affair on this show. Um, Cause yeah. I've like, a, Beverly Hills will just be my favorite number one forever. It just always has been. So like this yeah. scandal has been like the juiciest thing for me in quarantine. So I've followed it since it first broke in December. Um, but Shit. Well, oh, some people really do believe that she is a liar. Oh, wow. Like, I, I just don't understand how you could think that. Like, even Denise's reaction, it was literally like me at 16 getting caught sneaking out of the house. Like, her reaction was so obviously like she was caught. Yeah. I just, it's, my thing is, and I think the reason why I, I land on Team Denise is I'm mostly just Team Not Kyle, mm. just because like, I cannot stand that Kyle Richards does that thing every every season where she starts it all. Like she is an excellent housewife. She gets it going, she stirs the pot. But I hate that afterwards she's like, Oh my gosh, I just feel so bad for Denise. Poor Denise. And it's like, you started this. Like to quote Lisa Rinna, just own it, Kyle. Like, come on. And so I think that's when I'm like, Okay, I'm team Denise because this is like this is too much. I think when it comes to I have a love hate relationship with Kyle where I like her. I don't love her. I don't hate her. I think a lot of the hate that she's getting this season is also a little unwarranted because, again, I think people undervalue the production sort of um, being the ones that pull the strings. That's when people are like, Kyle planned all of this to take Denise down. I'm like, no, production planned all of this. And Kyle just fills her role of keeping the pace going and pushing the storyline forward because she's done this for so long. That's why I think it would be a hard, it would be hard to take Kyle out of the mix because she's kind of like, not to compare her to Bethany, but Bethany on New York was the one that kept the 
the storyline moving. She kept the pace going. She knew how to be a housewife. You know what I mean? Lover or hater, that's Kyle. Kyle, I don't think, is at the same level as Bethany. Bethany will go down in housewife's history. I don't think Kyle will. But Kyle knows the game, and she knows the role that she plays in it. So I don't think she's necessarily the puppet master, but she definitely, you know, knows how to fill her role. Yeah, see, I totally have the conspiracy theory that the women off camera, for whatever reason, like I know that there's been talk about how much money Denise has been making or whatever. Like, I think that they were like, Denise is the one this year. We're going to, she's going to be the one that we go after. And I think that that's kind of showing. But Kyle falls into the category. I don't hate her, but I love to watch her. I love to like, nothing brings me more joy than to like get my blood pressure up during a Kyle scene and just be like, Kyle. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I like, she fills that role for me where I don't want her to go anywhere. I enjoy complaining about her. It really brings me, it sparks joy for me. And her scenes with Kim, like you said, are really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I even, I even like her scenes with Dorit. Like I think they have a really interesting back and forth. I, I think that Beverly Hills does petty so well. And I love that it always without fail, like even if people are complaining about how quote unquote stupid the storyline is, we all can't stop talking about it. And I love that they make us just as petty as them, that we're like going through screenshots and timelines and like we're getting so petty too. And I love it. And like, that's the culture of Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills is petty. And you fight about somebody being late to dinner and you fight about stupid shit and you overdo your glam. Like, that's just the lifestyle of Beverly Hills. Like, you can't knock it because that's what it is. Don't hate the player, hate the game, you know? Yeah, and it's always been that. That's always been Beverly Hills brand. And I think that people need to to recognize that different franchises bring different things to the table. And Beverly Hills brings petty and they do petty better than anybody they bring petty and they bring glamour like like luxury mm-hmm. that's what i mean they bring petty and they bring luxury but like that's exactly what beverly hills is it's also interesting to see um people say that this season is too dark for them because for me i'm just like if you're a real beverly hills watcher you know yeah. the first three seasons were the darkest like camille so dark. living out her divorce publicly the way that she was left by kelsey Grammer, taylor and her husband russell and the domestic abuse that they brought up on the show that they exploited on the show and then there was russell's suicide that they filmed a scene afterwards after he committed suicide they all did their you know what do we do and how do we we need to support taylor like this show has been exploiting everybody's dark secrets. Kim's sobriety has been like really dragged out. Um, Yolanda's Lyme disease, whether people want to believe it's real or not, like they dragged her for that and did the whole Munchausen yeah. thing. And like, I mean, there's nothing darker than seeing that giant closet full of like pills yeah. and like organic products and like, and then her like putting on her glasses and like taking them off and laying down when they arrive. Like that. Beverly Hills has always had those dark undertones and that's what makes it so fascinating is that the premise is essentially look at these beautiful women who have it all and these perfect houses and these glam squads, but really like the darkness that's like in the closet, they're just like sneaking out slowly. So yeah, I don't, I hadn't heard that, that people thought this season was too dark. I think this season has been excellent. 
I think it's been the best season they've had in a while. I What I didn't like last season about Doggy Gate is I thought, and again, this isn't an issue with the women, but it's an issue with production. Production knew that that was a big story that had leaked in the press, um, that they dragged it out over the course of so many episodes, that that was the issue, and that's why that fell flat. Yeah, it was petty, but it didn't need to be eight episodes long it could have been solved in three you know what I mean but they really wanted to drag out the Kyle Lisa drama um and the season before that I mean what we had Panty Gate we had Dorit and Kyle fighting over Lisa's attention like this past storylines have been so lackluster that like Denise going or Brandy going down on Denise is like the best thing that could have happened to this (laughs) show yeah I just I think that Part of my issues in the past couple seasons has been that the ladies definitely self-produce and that they decide what they're going to talk about on camera and what they're not. And I think that this season, even, you know, we got on episode one, I think they were asking to read about the lawsuit. She put, she popped that mitt in her mouth thinking they're not going to show it. And they're like, no, 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 things are changing. Like, and I think that that, that openness is what's going to make it continue to get better because they do need to show all sides and it's funny that they're kind of holding Denise to the flame of like you need to be honest about everything you signed up to do this and it's like well you guys are all kind of hiding things like I I don't necessarily think that you're talking about everything that that's going on behind closed doors I agree we need one of the ones one of the housewives that have been on the show for a few seasons they need to take the heat and not the heat in like an Erica Jane flashed her panties sort of heat we need it in like a one of their skeletons needs to be dragged out to like you know make sure the the I mean, I guess we did with Lisa Vanderpump last season, but like it needs to be, I don't know. I guess it just, Denise is too new. It needs to be somebody that's not going to run away when it happens. That too. Denise is too new and she's not willing to like face it. And I think that's one of the reasons it got dragged out for so long. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah. So there was some a lot of Vanderpump Rules news that broke over the weekend. Um, first up, Stassi is apparently in talks with Evolution Media to have a spinoff show of some sort. The exact concept is kind of up in the air. Ideas are kind of just swirling. She's under contract with Bravo for the next six months, so she can't film anything anytime soon. But I did have a prediction that, and this was a couple weeks ago, that she was at home filming her pregnancy pregnancy Kylie Jenner style where she had her camera and she was doing like quarantine me and Bo look at my belly look at it growing you know diary of a pregnant woman and I think that footage was probably with the intention of using it to sell a spinoff yeah I feel like that's I mean Sassy's a lot of things but she's smart she's a good businesswoman and that would totally not surprise me if it went in that direction so you're in the industry, you probably, you, I'm not. So how does it work with production companies? So they are kind of like, they're not tied to Bravo. It could be with another network. Is that how it would work? The production company is independent from the network. So okay. Evolution Media, so like a production company probably has contracts with several different networks. Um, okay. They usually are loyal to one network for the amount of like pickups that they get for shows. But really the production company is like a um, 
think of it like a, a an agent. Like they they pitch okay. things to the publishers, and then the publisher decides, you know, what they're going to get. But the relationship, I think Evolution Media has a really strong relationship with Bravo. I also thought yeah. they had a pretty good relationship with VH1. I don't know if that was that's still recent, um, but okay. I mean, I don't. Yeah, and I can and see her on like E or something too. Yeah. Like it. I just so this is my thing because I was a, I loved Stassi. I it was really funny actually. The timing was so strange because the last time I was on this podcast, we went we talked about cancel culture and yeah. you know we like had a whole long discussion. I think it was like the next week all of this started, which was just funny timing. But my thing with Stassi because I don't think anybody is is too far gone or like not capable of learning or growing. And I would love to see that journey for Stassi where she really like takes accountability, explains what was wrong about the situation, explains like her tangible next steps of like, this is what I'm doing to educate myself. Like also educating, you know, her followers that are so loyal to her so that maybe they can like start some hard conversations in their own lives. But for me, I just haven't seen any of that from her because she literally has just gone dark. So I'm hoping that, you know, if this, if this new reality show happens, then it's not just like a, like a pregnancy thing. And nothing ever happened. Right. Like that's, what's been so crazy is her couple posts on social media have literally been like, so on brand as if it didn't, nothing has happened. Like she did that, like, Oh, OTD, like we're having a girl reveal. And I just hope she would address like, what's actually going on if she has it. I think she will, because like you said, she's a smart businesswoman. But I think what happened over the past several months was it was her crisis management team that told her, this is what you need to do. Let's just get you back in good graces. And then we can show that you've done all of this work while you were kind of taking a step back. Um, And my issue, and I've said this several times on this show, my issue with with Bravo is how they've handled these firings where like Leanne Locken fired like and it's just like a case closed and it's like we need to show we need to let these we need to give these people room to hang themselves but we need to show that like it is possible to have some sort of rehabilitation and like take accountability because I think when you do that with these characters on these shows that people have fallen in love with, they are probably going through that same journey with them and maybe had some of those same ideas planted in the back of their mind that if they see somebody that they love go through this progress that they can identify certain key in keys in themselves that then help them grow as well. And I think Bravo does such a disservice when they just close the conversation and don't allow us to grow the audience to grow with them. Cause like, I think Stassi is probably one of the best examples of somebody that we saw as a really entitled brat in season one. And she's still an entitled brat, but we've seen her grow up over the course of eight seasons that like this would have been the perfect opportunity to see her really grow into the woman that she's now going to be as a mother. You know what I mean? And I think us in that same stage of our lives would have been able to grow with her and be like, wow, this is why racial inequality is such an important conversation, especially right now. This is why I need to be caring about some of these things that to me were just out of sight, out of mind, because I didn't realize that there was a level of privilege that I had that allowed me to just tune it out. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that it's just so it's so tough because I think that it was a it was an especially confusing situation for a lot of like hardcore Stasi fans because yeah. Bravo had known about this when it initially Years. went down. 
years. And so I think that a lot of people were like, well, why now? And of course we know why now, like right. there is, you know, they were trying to save their ass. a lot. Yeah. Bravo and there's like a lot it. of what Bravo was filming while that was all going down and it ended up getting cut from the show. Oh man. Yeah. So that so Bravo totally, was like, well aware of what was going on. Yeah. That's so, that's so messed up. Yeah. So I think I would agree that I think that, um, I would want to see her address it. Like I know um, I was I was talking with Monty and she gave the example of Hannah Brown from The Bachelor and her apology after using the N-word on, I think, TikTok um, when she was singing a song. And her apology was like an opportunity for not only her to grow, but also for her to explain to her fans who maybe would have thought that rapping along and using the N-word in a song would be appropriate. And like, this is why it's not okay. This, these are the books and the articles I read that I really recommend to you guys. And, you know, this is what I'm going to do moving forward. Please stop defending me. I was in the wrong. And it was like a good example of an apology because I do think that we need to normalize fucking up and apologizing. None of us are ever going to get it 100% right. We're all going to have an opportunity where we are quote unquote called out, which is really just an opportunity for us to become better human beings. And yeah. I think we need to normalize it when it comes to Sassy, obviously that's a whole, there's a lot of like undertones and they were putting a woman's life at risk. So I think it does need to be addressed in a bigger way. And so if she's going to get a new, a new chance and a new platform, I really hope she uses it to educate other people. I think she will. I think it's necessary. And this is where I think we hold them accountable is when they come back we need to see, has this person changed? And that's where I think cancel culture comes in. If this person comes back and there's no growth and there's no change mm -hmm. after being held accountable, then you can say, I don't need to put my dollar there. I don't need to give my attention there. But, mm -hmm. you know, when you don't give somebody an opportunity to fuck up and get back up, like we've all grown up watching this girl that like we... Ident like we can there are so many because you look at all the people that were Stasi stands they're these blonde white girls right. from yeah. you know these play from like they come from privilege that they are the exact people that need this message and they're going to learn it through seeing Stasi go through that evolution you know what I mean yeah I think so and I think that it's just so interesting even to be like in some comment sections of like the hardcore like kind of saucy apologist of like, you know, of not even really recognizing why she was in that situation, that she put herself in that yeah. situation by doing things that were inherently racist. And if Stassi didn't see them as racist, then that's part of the privilege. And if her fans don't see it as racist, then that's part of the privilege to not even have that go through your mind of why calling the police on a person of color could be deeply, deeply problematic and really dangerous. I agree. It's interesting. Even Katie came out over the weekend and said she did an interview with Hollywood Life because she's promoting her new podcast. You're going to love me. Are you one? Are you caring about Katie's podcast? Yeah or nay? Um, well, 2020 is very strange time for many reasons, but never did I think that Katie Maloney Schwartz would be like one of the more likable people on Vanderpump Rules. Like, well, I mean, it's what, only how did we get here? <laughs> because the others went so far extreme that like, it's crazy that she really has become the most likable. But she did an interview with Hollywood Life over the weekend where she um, opened up about making amends with Kristen because the big storyline from Vanderpump Rules last season was... Um, 
about their falling out with the witches of WeHo, but she said that the day they got fired, which they only had like a five minute heads up that it was even breaking in the news. Um, so it wasn't even, it was like Bravo called the lawyers and it's like, we already had this statement ready. It's going out, it's going live in a few minutes. Let these girls know that this is happening. Um, and so they all got together at Stassi's house that day and were, they just like quickly put their drama aside and were able to move forward, which I think just in general, like those are the moments, you know, who your real friends are because they're the ones that are going to be there for you as a shoulder to cry on and to hold you accountable when you really fuck up and you see Katie and she's really out there and she's posting a lot of articles and she's sharing a lot of really good information that, you know, I think she is definitely being a supportive friend, but I'm pretty sure she's really holding them accountable at the same time. And Katie is, I mean, say what you will about Katie, but she always sticks to her guns about like what she think is, thinks is right. And it's funny that during this past season, that whole police prank came up yeah. and Katie was, uh, you know, before any of this happened, she was on the right side of saying, you know, the fact that you're not thinking about how this could like other people have a different relationship with the police. So I think, I yeah, I hope that that means that, that Kristen and Saucy are also learning and doing their research the way Katie seems to have been. I mean, she's been very outspoken on social media. So I just think that's very interesting. I think, um, I think we kind of all knew that at least Kristen and Saucy would reconnect just because they were literally going through the same situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I made the joke that like, you know, Saucy's apology came out that was clearly like pretty like PR driven. And then Kristen's came out where it kind of looked like she was like writing hers and like <laughs> glancing over at Saucy's paper, like <laughs> trying to write her apology too. So I don't know. I mean, I guess good for them that they're friends again. I, I, at this point, like it's funny how quickly I think audiences can move on to new shows. Cause I just like, I'm not just, I am not invested in yeah. that anymore. I feel like. I agree. And I feel like, well, we, Kristen did an interview a few weeks ago where she talked about, you know, and what I liked in the interview that she did, she talks about like the lessons that she's learned and they kind of kept pushing it as like, well, you know, were you upset about the firing? Were you upset about this or that? She's like, I can sit here and try to defend myself all, all day long. I can sit here and try to make it, you know, give people the real, you know, details that were left out in the press. She's like, I can try to defend myself, but at the end of the day, I fucked up. I fucked up mm-hmm. and I needed to learn. And that's what I'm doing is I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to be a better person. So basically saying yeah. you can keep asking me about how I felt about the firing. Obviously nobody loves to get fired, but at the yeah, end of the day, like I loved it. Yeah. I loved being um, held publicly accountable and humiliated and exactly. called racist because I was racist. Like nobody's going to sit there and be like, yeah, it was great. No. Um, but so it looks like there's a little bit of growth there. I think of all of them, Stassi, Kristen, Max and Brett, Stassi's the, the one with the biggest, influence and I hope that she recognizes that and really uses that but again only time will tell but I think I hope that she really will use that in a positive way moving forward yeah I would agree well thank you so much Chelsea for chatting with me today this was so much fun I'm so excited to have you on my IG live because I could literally talk to you for like a million more hours yes so everyone get ready this Sunday at Ono Bravo. We are going live. So go and give her a follow at no, Ono Bravo. Go give Chelsea a follow. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. You can give our show a follow at No Filter with Zach. And if you want to join our new secret Facebook group, which is no longer a Facebook group, is no longer a secret anymore. We have all the latest reality TV tea. Um, it's called hashtag No Filter Reality TV tea. 
and the link is below. So if you want to join, go and click that link so you can be up to date with the latest news because we're breaking news and I have little secrets about this show and other shows that I share in there as well that don't get spilled on this show. So get ready. And this Sunday, Chelsea and I are going live at Oh No Bravo. You need to give her a follow because she's really fucking funny. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to leave me a review. Five stars only because I love that validation. And I'm single, so slide into my DMs and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. All right, guys. I will talk to you later. Bye.